Today's episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. Welcome everyone to the Republic of Football. I'm your host, Shahan J. Roger, the college football insider at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. You can find all of our work at texasfootball.com. You can find us on Facebook, Dave Campbell's Texas Football. You can find us on Twitter at DCTFCFB. And you can become a subscriber at texasfootball.com slash subscribe. Well, as always, we got Ishmael Johnson here. Ish, how you doing? Uh, you know, par for the course for me, getting in Twitter fights uh, <laughs> this year. So, yeah. Oh, man. I mean, listen, it's, it's got to be – getting into Twitter fights has to be more entertaining than the games that we watched this week, right? Like, oh, my God, yes. <laughs> I, I will say, I think I – th- aside from – I'm trying to think, because I got in about three Twitter spats this year, one with UTSA band, uh, <laughs> one with 50-year-old – texas riders and that one was actually that one the game was actually fun because that was after red river i believe so that one was oh, that one man. that one wasn't as fun as that game but yes <laughs> usually the game that i'm actually commenting on or the the games that are going on around the same time are pretty bad <laughs> yeah um man oh I'm I'm just remembering back now to the UTSA band stuff, man. Hey, listen, I'll tell you what, dear man, it's been a long year. I'll tell you what, man. I I don't know. I think I think UTSA won that one though. Uh, the band still lost, but uh, but UTSA <laughs> UTSA, enough, yeah. won. UTSA football is is kicking ass, and you know, right. and, and and as far as I can tell, UTSA's band has not worn those same masks. So I think I won. That. <laughs> Hey, there you go. How about that? So, uh, Ishmael Johnson influencer. (laughs) But, uh, yeah. Oh oh, man. So it's, it was a, it was a light slate this week because Mm -hmm. Texas and Texas A&M both canceled. Uh, both of them were not playing interesting games to be perfectly honest. Uh, you know, Ole Miss could have gotten interesting, but it probably wouldn't have. Um, I, I do have to say, did you watch the end of that Florida game? Yes. Oh my God. Oh, my, oh Lord. my Lord. So, uh, where do you want to start? <laughs> <laughs> I think we got to start with the shoe. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, well, first of all, not even the shoe. The fact sure. that LSU was just playing for a field goal, like a 50-yard field goal anyway. <laughs> like 57-yard field goal. Yeah. Yeah. The, they ended up making a 57-yard field goal set up by the shoe, the shoe that we'll get to in a bit. But the fact that LSU was just playing for basically a 60-yard field goal, is like, yep, we'll take it. And it's like, and it's not even like – there wasn't it wasn't the, the clock wasn't expiring like florida would have had a shot at like the right. midfield if they missed this well and it's crazy too right because they were they were driving down the field like you said they were yeah. explicitly not throwing down the field once they got to like the 40 yard line yeah which, it's like we're good <laughs> that's uh and, and kate york is a great kicker as we obviously saw because right. he kicked the field goal but like that's a lot to ask if you're yep. if you're LSU. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just, it was the most bizarre thing. The other thing too, that was unbelievable is that they called the timeout with like 45 seconds remaining. So they didn't have a timeout yeah. to get the kicking unit onto the field, but then Florida took a timeout. Yep. Like I understand the thought process was, and, and it almost worked by the way, the thought process was, okay, let's make sure that we have like at least a second if he misses this 57 yard field goal. Sure. But at the same time, I feel like it would have been more valuable for them to be rushed while kicking again, a 57 yard field goal. Um, And then to top it all off, you know, of course, uh, I think LSU was at their own 30, I think uh, around there. And it was third down Florida gets the stop. (laughs) 
And yeah. I don't know, uh, number three, I can't remember is Wilson. I know that, but uh, Marco, Marco, Wilson. Marco Wilson, there you go. Gets, for some reason, gets the shoe of the receiver, the tight end who's, uh, who's short of the marker, third down, forcing a fourth down, throws it like 20 yards downfield for no reason. <laughs> you see in the slow motion, uh, the pan out, there's a, a Florida assistant or a LSU assistant trying to run on the field and like take it away to like, right, you know, right. make it look like, hey, look, he's missing a shoe because he threw this um, and th- gives him a first down. He gets an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. <laughs> and he gives him an automatic first down and they go to win the game. Oh, man. Effectively ending Florida's playoff chances. Yeah. Hey, listen, man. Uh, it turns out there are worse things that can happen than beating LSU by two touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Golly. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I, I will say that uh, I can't remember. Is it Max Johnson, the quarterback who who played this game? He looks pretty good. Uh, uh, yes. He, yeah. Yeah. He. They might have something cooking there for yeah. for LSU for the future. Because uh, the quarterback play has not been good this year. Yeah, and LSU was playing primarily uh, T.J. Finley's the other quarterback's name, I think, right? Uh, uh, they, Finley and Brennan, of course, was right, right, right. But they were playing Finley primarily against Texas A&M until the yes. the fourth quarter, and that's when uh, that's when the other kid Johnson came in and played pretty well. Mm-hmm. So you know, in 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 uh, Florida's defense, LSU did not play with the same quarterback against A&M, but at the same time, sure. they won by two touchdowns. Come on. Yep. Put this so, to sleep, okay? Uh, long story short, if Florida somehow upsets Alabama, I don't think it happens. But if they do, A&M should send Todd Grantham a big thank you basket. <laughs> the other thing, too, is that, hey, guess what? Beating up teams that aren't Alabama, in fact, less impressive than having to play Alabama. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> just just throwing that out there. Beating, yeah. beating up on 3-6 uh, on and six Tennessee. Congratulations. Good right. for you. So. so we had we had some tangential AM news despite yes. the game getting canceled. So there you yes. go. Yes, yes, yes. So anyway, let's go ahead and get right into it. Uh, I'm gonna once again set a timer, make sure that we Stay. don't go over. Here we go. So number twelve, Texas State. Obviously, didn't play this week. Didn't move. Mm-hmm. Their season is over. Number eleven, Baylor. So <laughs> they lose. Okay. Yeah, they lose. Remember when uh, we both said they would probably cover, like at the very least? Oh, my gosh. So <laughs> so my thought process heading into this game was very much, well, Oklahoma State is giving up. Uh, literally right before the game, news came out that Chuba Hubbard opted mm-hmm. out. So I was like, all right, this is, mm-hmm. this is right on track. Um, they lose 42 And then we found out that basically all of Baylor's team. <laughs> so the, uh, apparently – Four out of Baylor's five offensive assistants were out with COVID stuff. Yep. Meaning, meaning that their running back coach was the guy calling plays. And, and I, I want to be clear, the offensive play calling was not the reason that they lost the football game. Sure. The, the offensive performance yeah. <laughs> was, the, was the reason that they lost the football game. Mixed with, by the way, uh, the defense just being a, a tire fire. And I do want to mention real quick, okay? So mm-hmm. I, I obviously wrote a story on Raleigh Tejada, the cornerback, earlier in the year. And I since saw you stat- wrote that. <laughs> well, I, I got to say, I saw, since stat- you wrote that story. <laughs> I, 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 I saw a stat three days ago from, from, from yeah. uh, Pro Football Focus that Raleigh uh-huh. Tejada led the nation in yards allowed per coverage snap, only allowing .33 yards per coverage snap. Yeah, and then this game happened. What 
the hell just happened? Been, I, it's been since you he's been like not not bad, but today he was bad. But like he's been like not himself ever since he wrote that story. <laughs> I mean he, he he was literally uh I mean yeah, he was literally like the best corner in America up until the point that I wrote the game that wrote the story. <laughs> and like he's he's still been very good, but like this yes. week was just it was bad. Oh what like yeah. He looked like, I mean, I have no idea, right? Like, I, I have no idea what the situation was with him. Like, you know, I mean, anything could happen. It's late in the season. I mean, mm-hmm. and if you're not focused, right, that, that can sometimes just be enough as a cornerback. But sure. what the hell just happened, man? I, I don't yeah. know. But anyway, I don't want to make this, I don't want to make this about him. But um, sure. the defense also had a really you, tough day. Yeah, you was, know it was bad when you get combustible Spencer Sanders and you still get blown out. Right. Like, right. Spencer was, Sanders was fine, but he right. still, like, th- had two bad picks right. and was, just did not look comfortable, and they still lost 42-3. Obviously, we have to – I mean, this story is about the quarterbacks. So, mm-hmm. Charlie Brewer completing 13 of 26 passes for 68 yards. There's yeah. some numbers. <laughs> My yeah. God, what is, what is that? I mean, like, 2.7 yards per pass. That is like a great March Madness, like a legendary March Madness performance. <laughs> 68 yeah. points on 13 to 26. Yeah. How about that? Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Um, not good for a quarterback, to be clear. Uh, and then so so Brewer gets hurt in the second half, gets taken out of the game, goes goes off the field, which, you know, just, just sucks, obviously. Just mm-hmm. really sucks. Um, then we finally get Jacob Zeno in the game, which, by the way, after the game, because um, Gary Bohannon had been named or, or like had been the, the backup quarterback on every depth chart, whenever mm-hmm. they talked about him, they were like, Gary Bohannon's the guy. And see, what I thought at first was that we hadn't seen Gary Bohannon on the sideline, and we thought maybe he was out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like a lot of players this game, by the way. But, uh, but then after the game, Dave Aranda says, yeah, no, Jacob Zeno's been the number two guy for us for several weeks. It's like what? What? <laughs> just, just not, just not putting it. Oh, forgot to put it in the depth chart. My bad. <laughs> you know, and and by by the way, like the numbers for Zeno weren't fantastic by any means. He was five for eight mm-hmm. for eighteen yards passing, right. and also added uh, thirteen rushing yards. Mm-hmm. But the thing that was just different, it, it's again, it's not something that shows up in in the numbers necessarily. I mean, my goodness, he he also averaged two point something yards for pass attempt, right? right? But but the thing that was different was one the way that the defense played him like immediately the second he got on the field <laughs> they were like oh cover deep like <laughs> right, right. we, got, we gotta worry about somebody throwing deep <laughs> right i was i was unfortunately by the way at this game uh and <laughs> and immediately their safeties went from like 10 yards deep to like 18 yards deep immediately both of them <laughs> they just went cover two over the top just oh we got an um, arm oh how about that and and they didn't even really let him do it so much. They didn't really let him throw that much. Sure. But yeah. it was just, I mean, I, I joked with somebody uh, who I was texting. And it, it's like going from Charlie Brewer to Jacob Zeno. And this is, this is no offense to Charlie Brewer, right? Like, this is just, this is just football, right? Like, mm-hmm. Jacob Zeno looks like he's playing a different sport. Like, they yeah. do not look like they're the same species of person. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's just, it is unbelievable going between those two things and the decisions were honestly quicker uh the passes obviously were just instantaneous and uh and i mean the worst part was he looked more athletic too like running so it was just i don't know man i i know that um i understand that dave aranda said all year long we're playing charlie and they've been in all these close games right like i get it Mm -hmm. 
but you know, we're playing Charlie because we think he gives us the best chance to win. But we saw two drives of Jacob Zeno, and I don't believe him. <laughs> I just don't believe him. Hundred percent. No, I get it. Because like, when you look, when you think about the fact that the only reason he was even in this game was that Charlie Brewer was hurt. It's like, right? What were you? What would you get playing him down thirty to nothing? Like, what would you get? Right. Like, what you right. know? What? And to think that he would have played that entire game. And they lose 42 to three. Like right. that, I get it. It's, I get it. It's his last day. But like, come, you do not, trust me, Charlie Brewer would be okay not playing another snap down 30 to nothing. Like, I think he'd be, he's like, you know what? I'm good. Like, I think, thanks coach. You get, you gave me the ball all season. I appreciate you. You know, you, you owe nothing to me as a new guy coming in. I appreciate you letting me, trust me with this offense. I get you got some work to do next year, so let these guys go. But no, it took Charlie Brewer getting hurt for them to finally say, fine, let's get the guy who, you know, we know has a deep threat arm and looked insanely good in spots during the Big 12 title game last year and gave the team a spark. Like, the guy that we know can move the ball downfield, sure, I guess you can play now. Like, Yeah, it was just frustrating. And, I mean, the, the one thing is, is that, you know, I think that you know now that heading into next year – that Jacob Zeno has to be the guy, right? Like, he has to be. It, you know, and, and we also, I mean, obviously it's unfortunate, but, like, we know Gary Bohannon probably needs to not be here next year, right? Like, yep. Yep. And, uh, and you've got Shapin, who's here. You've got Chiron Jones, who, I mean, you know, is, is going to sign with Baylor. He, he reaffirmed his commitment. And uh, if you're mm-hmm. a Baylor fan, you have to be <laughs> wiping the sweat off your brow, thanking God that, that it's going to happen, right, yeah. after, after this season. Um, but, you know, you, you see that, Zeno's kind of got it right like and Mm -hmm. and so you know I mean it's going to be real interesting to see how they handle this offseason and whether they I don't think that they'd make any staff changes and they probably shouldn't but uh Mm -hmm. you know after one year but I mean something's got to get a whole lot better a whole lot quicker than it is uh for you know for you to still feel good about Aranda um you know which again nothing it's it's year one and it's this year right like we don't have Mm -hmm. to overreact anything but I mean, Baylor's got to be a bowl team next year, I think. I think they need to be a lot better. So, right. moving on. Uh, number 10. We'll actually, we'll, we'll move uh, UTEP to number 10. We're going through last week's rankings. We're actually doing this uh, Saturday night. So, you know, we're kind of doing it a little hot and heavy right here. But, <laughs> uh, but number 10, we're going to go UTEP. UTEP actually, uh, I think. <laughs> so, about this game? <laughs> yeah, this was, this was uh, and, and North Texas is number nine. So, we'll, we'll yeah. go ahead and attack them both at the same time. Uh, yeah. Huh. <laughs> That was Remember something. when you were like, oh, yeah, this game is going to be just for me. This is not going to be very interesting. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like, uh, Calvin Brownholtz turns out to be, like, the dynamic guy that UTEP needed all along. <laughs> yeah, by the way, uh, we have to mention, right, like, they're playing with their quarterback who was only really recruited to be a runner there, to be, like, <laughs> to, to be the, you know, to be the guy who's just going to, like, bash his body into people while Gavin Hardison throws the ball. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> And, and I have to say, Calvin Brownholtz had four of the worst interceptions I've ever seen. But, it was, yeah. <laughs> but when he didn't do that, it was pretty good. Yeah. It was pretty dang good. When he didn't throw the worst passes ever, it was pretty yeah. fun. It was pretty fun. <laughs> and like Deion Hankins, you know, the, the, the dynamic with him having somebody that could run the ball as well that wasn't 
um, uh, Kyle Oxley, who's just wasn't, right. you know, not a quarterback and really right. wasn't a threat running the ball really either. But having another option back there, it freed him up to do a lot more. I'm like, he looks like, okay, we have balance. Like, this is awesome. And like, uh, Ronald Awad was like doing stuff too. And it's like, okay, they have, they had something going here, right? With, with that three headed running attack. And yeah, that was, that was not what I expected at all. <laughs> well, and, and the thing that I'll say, right, so I think that Brown Holtz started the game like two for 15 or mm-hmm. something like that. Right. And so, I mean, he, he ended up completing after that eight of his last 11 passes with, with two touchdowns, right? So, like, mm-hmm. he figured it out as the game went along. Um, you know, he threw – in those last 11 passes, he threw two touchdowns. You know, that he – it was funny. Early in the game – like, obviously, Hardison has such a strong arm. You know, he throws bullets, right? Right. And Brown Holtz actually threw the ball better than I thought he was going to, uh, mm-hmm. just in terms of, like, ball velocity and all that sort of stuff. But it's not, it's not that, right? Like, that's not what he's doing. And it seemed like, especially early in the game, the receivers weren't ready for the different type of ball, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. – um, and it seemed like in the second half they adjusted, especially Jacob Cowing, I'll point to specifically. You know, one – I, I t- tweeted early in the game – I feel like Jacob Cowling is like 18 inches away from having had a huge game in the first right. half. Mm-hmm. And in the second half, it looked like he adjusted and he had that game. He had the game that we thought that he would have uh, with 118 yards and, and two touchdowns. So I, I thought that Brownholz played really well. Now, you still expect Hardison to be the guy next year mm-hmm. uh, when he comes back. But uh, you kind of got a chance to see just the talent on this team and that's that's kind of you know we don't talk about talent when we talk about UTEP that much right but I thought that their offensive line did a great job of winning their matchups Uh, they looked like in fact the thing that I'll just say overall especially on the offensive side and and defense you know we'll we'll talk to about in a second but Mm -hmm. you know on the offensive side of the ball they looked like they belonged you know they looked like they they looked like they were a real FBS offense that can do a lot of things well. And, you know, after, after the last two years, I mean, obviously last year, especially was really bad. You know, after the last two years, they, we were talking about a team that was bottom three in the country, right? Every year, if not Mm -hmm. last um, in, in everything. And, this year, that's the thing that I'll say about UTEP this year, you know, because I, I don't think that they're going to schedule any more games. I think this is it for them at three and five, which, you know, it's not a bad record at all, even though two were against uh, FCS teams. You know, the mm-hmm. thing that I'll say about them is that, you know, they looked like they belonged in <clears throat> in basically every game this year. You know, the UTSA game got a, away from them. Um, obviously, Texas, I mean, I'll, I'll put that one to the side. I don't think that's anything <laughs> to worry about. Um, but, you know, you, you played UNT really close with a backup quarterback. You played Charlotte within 10 points, and Charlotte's pretty good. You played Louisiana Tech within four points. Like, they looked like they belonged on, on uh, you know, on an FBS stage. And, yeah, you know, that's, that's probably a low bar for us to have, but that is where the program was. You know, they had lost, you know, however many games in a row. They had gone however many games without winning an FBS game. You know, this was bad. This was really mm-hmm. bad. And – you know, for the first time, even though it was a loss, even though it was, you know, three and five, even though it's a losing record, I really do feel like they have guys in Cowing and Deion Hankins and, and either Brownholtz or Hardison. I, I was, again, really encouraged by Brownholtz. And with that offensive line, I just feel like they have guys yeah. who belong and will launch this team forward. No, 100%. Um, I don't have much to add just because, like, next year is the year where you start, you know, where, where – 
you know, these type of competitive losses start to be a little bit more annoying because you start to have expectations based off what they're doing this year, right? Definitely. And, and you know, I, I don't – we can talk about the defense, but, I mean, <laughs> I feel like there's – kind of a guy on the other side of the field that was more with their defense just got absolutely annihilated. Right. But uh, so I don't want to, I don't want to go too bad yeah. on the defense. I mean, I guess the rush defense was a little bit concerning, but um, I mean, I was okay as, with it. I was it was, okay it was fine. It. But yeah. like the secondary, I think it has more to do with <laughs> what happened with the next team, but right. you know, we'll get and, to that and, and, and the other thing that I'll say about the secondary is that they had four players opt out of the season who were legit starters mm. in the secondary. So you know, they, they looked a little unprepared in the secondary, I'd say. And the other thing, too, is that they got worn down in the running game, right? Like, that was the sure. one thing is that, you know, they played really well in the first half. I mean, my, my goodness, I, I think that, you know, we're in the process of putting this all together. But praise Amawule for them. I mean, he's a legit, potentially first-team guy for us in All-Texas College. Like, he has been tremendous this year. And he played awesome in the first half against North Texas. And then again, I mean, I think North Texas just started to – to wear them down a little bit by being on the field a lot in that first half. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, uh, Jalen Darden. I, um, <laughs> they, so you know he, what UNT. So, so, so UNT before you go, UNT, yeah. obviously uh, they've realized, okay, Jason Bean's not the guy. Uh, and so it's like, okay, Austin Ani, we're just gonna, we're just gonna, we're just gonna figure out what we do with Austin Ani. Hey, right. Austin Ani, get the ball to Jalen Darden. <laughs> as much as you can and he's gonna do whatever he wants against his defense and guess what that's what happened <laughs> that's exactly what happened so here's here's the best way to sum up what this game was okay yeah. Jalen Darden came in for post-game interviews dropped a bag with four footballs on the table <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, I love him so much that's that's what happened, right? Like, uh, He's insane. So like, I started to realize, like, I've started to realize, you know, we, we talked about the frustrating thing with UNT this season, switching quarterbacks. I yeah. finally realized they were tired of Jason Bean not getting the ball to Jalen Darden. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was I like, mean, you're doing it wrong. No, you're doing this not right. <laughs> Come on, Asinani, just get the ball to him. So This isn't hard. Again, we got we to gotta remember, right? So, so North Texas had crazy quarterback issues, right? They've yes. gone back and forth. They've turned the ball over a lot. Obviously, Jason Bean has, you know, passing the ball has kind of unfortunately been a disaster. So they've completed 54% of their passes collectively. 54% of their passes. Yeah. And with that level of quarterback play, here are Jalen Darden's numbers in nine games. 74 receptions, which, by the way, is two less than the receptions that he had last Insane. year in 12 right. games. Right. <laughs> 1,190 yards. Here's the real kicker, okay? This is the craziest yep. thing I've ever seen. 19 touchdowns. <laughs> Are you it's kidding insane. me? He's insane. It's like, I, I get it, but like, uh, why isn't this guy in Heisman? I get it. I get why he's not in Heisman talk, but it's like, this guy should be in Heisman talk. <laughs> like, this guy, this is unreal. Like, he's, unfortunately, he's not going to get the Blitnikoff because Devontae Smith is going nuts, right. too. But, right. like, come on. <laughs> this guy is insane. I, I just don't get it. I mean, I, I think that a lot of people are going to look at North Texas and be like, oh, yeah, the air raid team that had Mason Fine. They, they have just receivers who put up big numbers. And not like this. This is, this is not no. that. 
<laughs> when we're the only like again we, I, we like Deontay Simpson right we like a lot yes. of the other guys Jalen Darden's the only number one guy they like he's the only one you know it, we liked uh Guyton but he had Rico Bussy right in the in the uh, as the number two we, we liked Bussy but he had no, we had, he doesn't have anybody <laughs> Darden doesn't have anybody else that really occupies everybody on the defense to take uh, attention away from and he's just doing this he had almost 250 this year against Charlotte. Like, so I, I've, uh, I've got a question for you. Uh, so yes. Jalen Darden has 19 receiving touchdowns this year, right? Mm-hmm. Can you guess how many receiving touchdowns UNT had as a team? Oh, God, that's a good question. Um, this year, total. Um, yes. Is it like 25? 25. Wow. 19 of their 25 touchdowns. That's amazing. And so, you know, you, you figure, right? You figure, I mean, yeah, obviously he's a, he's a six foot six jump ball receiver, right? That's why he right. has 19 touchdowns. No, just five, no. nine. Two plays in the slot. Yeah, no, I was about to say, yeah, he's just burning dudes and just like, <laughs> by the way, he's still mossing dudes too at five, nine. Like he'll still yeah. get a jump ball. Like that's insane. He is, oh. he is crazy, man. I don't know. Like, it's it, it's that whole it's that whole old uh, Hey Arnold episode where it's just get the ball to Tucker, it's just like get the, just get this like what do you do when you get the ball you get the ball to Tucker like it's just like you just you inbound the ball you give it to Tucker like that was that's all you do. It's it's just insane, man. I don't. The know. best quarterback is the one that can get it to Jalen Darden. Uh, I just yeah yeah it's a it's certainly a thing. It's certainly a thing that happens. So, man, I. I hope that Jalen Darden at the end of the year gets the attention that he deserves because I just, oh man, I'm, I was, I was hearing that apparently like he hasn't really gotten senior bowl love, which what? That's insane. I, he's going to be like, you, you know, he's going to honestly, cause I don't think he's going to be a first round pick. Cause I think his hype is a little too late. Right. Right. But I like, he's going to be like a day two pick where his team's going to be like, like, who is this? And then, like, they're going to Google him and be like, oh, my God, we got this guy in the third round? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just – I mean, I really just hope he gets the attention. Because somebody's – I mean, people are not doing their jobs right now. People are not noticing this kid. He's and gonna, I don't – You know, you don't realize he's going to be, like, a Kansas City chief, right? And just, like, <laughs> absolutely just like, – you, you realize this is going to be, like, a Patrick Mahomes, like, love child that he's just going to, like, absolutely destroy people with for the next 10 years? <laughs> Oh man, that would be amazing. Oh man, I now that needs to happen. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, oh boy, yeah, that now that needs to happen. But anyway, anyway, yep. let's, let's move on. Uh, number eight, Texas Tech uh, didn't play this week. Their season is over. Um, hearing hearing some weird rumors right now that I hope don't happen. So uh, <laughs> moving on to number seven, <laughs> we'll just put that to the side. Right? We'll just we'll just put that to the side. We won't talk about it until we have to. Uh, yep. Number seven. Houston. So uh, they go down 27 to six in the third quarter Mm -hmm. and then decide to come back. We should play football. Yeah, we should play football. We're going to score three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. Uh, Score their score a game tying touchdown with under a minute left. And then they forgot to play defense and (laughs) gave up a game winning field goal in again, less than a minute. Mm-hmm. And now Houston's three and four, and we have two straight losing seasons to start the Dana Holgerson experiment. And now you lose 
a bunch of really good players to it, mm-hmm. they, I think that they might try to add more games at least so that they can have more games basically you know they only played seven <laughs> this year uh yeah um the quote was uh we fire coaches for going eight and four I don't know mm-hmm. exactly how three and four works into that uh and again I there's been a lot of context obviously with with how the Dana thing has gone and True. they've also they also had a terrible schedule this year obviously I mean that's that's something that I think we can't overlook but at the same time what if they scheduled two more wins just to get nine wins and see like see you got nine not eight <laughs> he's got nine in two years not eight <laughs> oh, man it's just oh I I don't know man it's just so frustrating I think that's the thing oh, that yeah. gets me is that it's just frustrating it feels like it should be better why are you going down 27 to 6 like Right. I, right. That's the thing. It's not, it's not losing to Memphis, right? It's losing by no. like sleeping through three quarters and then being like, oh, right. We're probably better than this team. Right. And like, we should be at least close. I don't know. It, yeah. This I, I honestly didn't pay attention to this game because when I saw it, when I finally saw it was, you know, they were down all the scores and I was like, all right, fine. And then I saw the final score and I was like, oh, look at that. They finally decided to show up. I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, they got a quarterback. Cool. Yeah, um, that, that's kind of all I feel confident about right now. <laughs> right, right. No, it's it's a lot. I mean, that's that's I don't know. Something has to get better. Something has to get a lot better real quick mm. because you can't go into twenty twenty one not being better than this team. You know, because because right. this team, I think of this team in a normal year, I, I think that this team could have won seven or eight games. Right, like I think that they could have been fine. Yeah. Uh, you know they had to right. play a conference schedule which sucked uh and mm-hmm. and they got all the good teams right like they got all the good teams mm-hmm. on their schedule it was it was a confluence of a lot of events that made it look this bad but i mean look me saying i think that they could have won eight games probably doesn't mean a whole lot when you're houston and you want to win 10 games and compete for the conference and they also and they like the other thing it's not just like they, they got the good teams they looked bad against all the good teams right they, they didn't look like they belonged yeah, they didn't look like they belong. I mean, like, for like a, they kind of hung around BYU in a non-conference game, but like that was that was it. Like it wasn't anything else. Like, right? I don't know. Yeah, it, it was bad. I mean, Cincinnati blew them off the field. UCF more or less blew them off the field. Um, Memphis for three quarters blew them off the field, and so it's just like, okay, cool. Those are three of the best teams in the conference, and you missed the other two <laughs> due to postponements. Yeah. So it's like, okay, cool. That this could have looked a lot worse. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, number six, we got Rice still. Uh, they lose 21 to 16. Uh, oh. Yeah, it was, it was tough. It was tough. Because obviously the other thing about this as well is that it knocked them out. Uh, it knocked UTSA out of the conference yep. title game, which sucks. Uh, but, yeah. you know, I mean, I don't know if I have a whole lot to add to Rice off of after what we said last week. I mean, I think it's kind of the same. I still feel really good about where they're at. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think... I think the other thing, too, is that, you know, Giovanni Johnson got hurt in the fourth quarter and immediately the offense just fell apart. Um, I'm, yeah. I, I'm honestly pretty impressed by what I've seen from Johnson so far. I mean, he's a young guy. Uh, and, 100%. Yeah, and he's, he's a young guy. And Mike Collins is still your, your starter if he comes back next year. Like, that's not in question. But, like, mm-hmm. he looked decisive. He looked accurate. Uh, he makes good decisions. He runs the offense well. Like, I – He's further along, I think, than I thought that he'd be at this point. Sure. No, I get it. And, like, I, I actually feel a little bit better about Rice this, this week than I did last week because last week was yeah. a lot of, like, it, it was you fluky. Know, 
it was a lot of fluky turnovers and like, you know, Marshall playing terribly. Granted, Rice, you know, you have to make him pay, which Rice did. This week was like, because the reason why I took UAB was like, okay, I don't think Rice can do that two weeks in a row. Right. And they kind of did for most of the game. Right, I the defense totally played fair. really yeah. great. Yeah, the defense played really great. Johnson was a little bit more uh, confident in his throws than he was last. Or I guess last week they just they just they the game plan was to not have him mess up and not have him really put him right. in situations to where he had to throw the ball down the field. This right. this week he looked a lot more confident. He threw the ball down the field a lot better. Um, they were running the ball enough to keep. You know, they didn't run it well, but they ran it enough to keep things going. <laughs> right. And I mean, the defense was playing really well and. Honestly, I, I don't know if Johnson – I don't know if they win the game if Johnson's still in because it looked like UAB was starting to kind of figure him out uh, right. towards the end of the game. But, uh, I, I, like, the game plan almost worked, point blank. Like, yeah. And yeah. I think that if this, is a, if this is a fully healthy Rice team, I think they do win this game um, because I think that, you know, the plan A more or less worked until, you know, UAB just kind of hit some big plays late. Uh, of course, Johnson goes out and – I kind of – I saw a lot of UTSA or saw a lot of Rice guys were like, oh, look, uh, Wiley Green, don't forget he started some games. And I was like, yeah. Uh. <laughs> See, the, the issue is I do remember the games that he started. <laughs> right, I was about to say, I was like, yes, he does have starts under his belt. <laughs> There's also a reason he is third string this year. Right, um, right. So, yeah, so there was – it got kind of I, – I would hate to be, have been a UTSA fan watching because, like <laughs> – they had like three chances to win that game. Right, they're like, right, oh right. no! <laughs> Watching no. him like not do anything. But, for sure. Uh, but no, for sure. I feel a hundred percent more confident than I did last week because I thought Rice's game nice. plan worked again, and they they literally yep. tried to do the same thing. It was like, hey, defense, do what you do, slow this team down. Offense, do what you can, and we're gonna give Johnson a little bit more to work with. And he was he was doing well. By the way, I, I just do have to mention that Giovanni Johnson's doing this, and he could have Austin Trammell and Bradley Rosner in the lineup. Yeah, like right, right. he's <laughs> he's missing his biggest players, <laughs> like two of the better players, honestly, uh, in the state. In the like two, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, they're awesome, and uh, and you saw that he kind of was just like, all right, then I'm gonna pull Jordan Myers along with me. <laughs> like you know, mm-hmm. it, was, it was impressive. I I don't know is is Jordan Myers a senior? I don't remember, um, but. If he's back, I mean, he's he's gonna have a chance to be a big time player he for them next is, year. Uh, yeah, he's a senior, okay. unfortunately. I, well, yeah. I mean, if he comes back, if he does come, you know, all these guys have a chance to come back, so we'll see. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna be curious about Myers. Honestly, uh, Rice Rice is gonna be one of those teams where I would not be shocked if they have a lot of guys come back. Sure. Because sure. Rice well, next year, like that, this is that is a very interesting team. Right. The only the only thing that I'll wonder about with them, and this is not based on like inside information, this is the only thing that I'd wonder about is obviously financially, it's going to be a lot to keep all of those guys on scholarship at Rice, right? And so, sure. it, I I'm sure that like the I, I would imagine that if Jordan Myers wants to come back, he can come back. If Austin Trammell wants to come yeah. back, obviously he can come back. But I do right. think I, I do think it's going to be interesting to see if there are some tough decisions that have to be made. So it'll it'll be interesting. I don't know. Um, sure. But, yeah, they could be a lot of fun. I mean, we've seen so many flashes of what we thought this team could be, even though they've had injuries. And so I'm excited to see, uh, you know, whether they get another game now or whether they play again next year. It'll, it'll be interesting. So uh, the only other team that played, let's just real quick run through the top four. It's same as always, AM, UTSA, SMU, Texas. The only other team that played was TCU. Uh, they looked 
phenomenal against Louisiana Tech. 52 to 10 was the win. Uh, I don't, you know, I, I don't think you read a whole lot into this game, but I do, I will say they were more dominant than I expected them to be. Oh, 100%. I, I feel like we, I called them beating the spread because I thought that La Tech just wasn't going to be able to score. And surprise, they weren't able to score. <laughs> At um, all. They were garbage. But, my God. Right. They were horrendous. But the one thing that stood out to me now is I, I'm so impressed with how Gary Patterson handled Zach Evans this year. Like, yeah. I really am. Like, he, he's a guy who had, obviously, a tumultuous recruiting trail, partially due to himself, partially probably due to people around him. But, you know, long story short, he's at TCU now. And Patterson knew that it's a very sensitive situation, right? He knew he couldn't give him the world right away and put him as number one, even though he probably is the most gifted back in, that they have. Yeah. Couldn't put him at number one. Couldn't really put him at number two either because they had guys coming back and experience and Kendra Miller, who obviously impressed in fall camp. So you put him at number three, worked his way in. And I, I, I'm assuming I would love for, I would love to look into this in the offseason and see how exactly this developed. But like, it was obvious to me that Patterson looked at Zach and said, look, you're going to be the number three guy on the depth chart. You're going to play maybe 10 to 15 snaps, maybe get eight to 12 carries a game. And you better play your ass off for those snaps. Right. right? And he did. <laughs> He's played really right. well. And, like, he, this is the second game where he had under 12 carries and had over 100 yards. Like, he's really making the most of these small opportunities. And now TCU looks like they might have a dynamite running back that we expected to see next year. Well, and, and it's kind of funny. This actually reminds me a little of talking to, uh, to Raleigh Tejada's high school coach where he was like, okay, you know, everybody just thinks that because you're, you know, Ranthony's brother right that I'm gonna just put you in the game because of that and right. so he said I, I put him at the bottom of the depth chart right like number mm-hmm. 12 or whatever mm-hmm. and forced him to like work his way up sure and and you know you mentioned that that Zach Evans was third I would actually argue he was fifth on the depth charts heading into fair the enough. sure fair enough fair because enough. you got uh, you got Barlow you got Mercado, you've got Demarque Foster, Foster. A- and Kendra mm-hmm. Miller played ahead of him too mm-hmm. so you told him look, we, we are not putting up with this. You got to prove it. You got to earn it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, listen, obviously we don't know everything that happens in, in TCU's program and what happens in practice because, you know, Gary doesn't talk about it. But, uh, but you know, from what it seems like from the outside and, and the limited stuff that we've heard, it sounds like they handled it, like you said, really well. And they made mm-hmm. him earn it and they, you know, humbled him in a lot of ways. And now you have a, like you mentioned, now you have a running back who doesn't have a lot of carries. Also didn't have a ton of carries in high school, by the way, which is also good news for them. And, right. and you know, so you, I, I think that you're in great shape. And the other thing, too, that you love about this situation with the running backs is that you have at least four guys who are awesome, right? And you're going yeah. gonna to cut that list down. You're going to cut that list down. I mean, I, I think that it wouldn't be a surprise if, if DeMarque Foster is the odd man out, which sucks because he's awesome too, right? But like, it, sure, really, sure. it really seems like Zach Evans obviously is going to be sort of the number one guy, but you're going to have a Kendra Miller in there. You're going to have a Darwin Barlow in there. And I mean, that's how many teams in the country have a better three-man rotation than those three, right? Like, like you're, you're honestly looking at like Bama at that point. Like you're right. legitimately looking at like legitimately the upper upper power five, you know, teams that are like 
competing for national titles. That's like, right. that's the level of talent that they're working with because right. one, they've done such a good job of finding these guys, but also like, it's what happens when you get a little bit of luck and somebody like a Zach Evans falls into your lap to where, and, and to a coach like Gary Patterson who knows exactly how to handle the situation. Right. And uh, the other thing too, that I'll just mention real quick is that we haven't even said the name Quentin Johnston as yet. Right. And <laughs> oh my gosh. Speaking of awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh. So TC only threw the ball 13 times total because yep. they, they didn't have to do more than that, obviously. But right. uh, Quentin Johnston, the freshman receiver from Temple, five catches, yeah. 133 yards, and a touchdown. And by the way, added a one-yard rushing touchdown, too. Um, <laughs> listen, all I'm going to say about this <laughs> is Gary Patterson, you better not mess this up. You better not Jalen Rager him. <laughs> he has Mike, so many. He oh. has so many weapons. <laughs> Oh my he has gosh! So many weapons next year. I'm oh. sorry if they don't. If this offense does not look, you better. I don't care how deep in the transfer portal you have to get to get some linemen. <laughs> but like, my God, you have so many playmakers now. Like this should be. I mean, style stylistically, one they're gonna be run first, which is fine with the personnel that you have. I get it, but uh, right, right. you know this. This should be. I mean. I don't know. When you're looking at the Big 12, like, obviously Oklahoma's going to be better. And, like, but, I mean, you should be right in that next group, right? Like, you should be there with the Texases, and you should be there with, you know, Iowa State, I think, is going to be really good still on offense next year. And you should, you should be there. There's no excuse not to be there. You should not be a bottom three offense. You just shouldn't. So, thank you, everybody, for joining us. You can find all of our rookiesexfootball.com. You can find us on Facebook, Dave Campbell Sex Football. You can find us on Twitter at DCTFCFB. Uh, become a subscriber at textfootball.com slash subscribe. Thanks, as always, to everybody for joining us. And we will talk to you guys again on Wednesday.